Welcome to the Life's Valleys and Mountaintops podcast. I am your host, Gina Johnson, a certified life coach. You will find stories here from people around the world sharing some of their most difficult journeys through illnesses, accidents, and trauma. Join me on my mission to create a community where people overcoming belong. We inspire and help one another to rise above our difficulties until we make it to our mountaintop. Let's meet our guest today. Today, I am speaking with A.C. Fisher, who is an activist, a philosopher, a writer, podcaster, and a romantic. He is the co-host of The Missionary Position and the host of Turn Up the AC podcast. Welcome to the show, AC. Thank you. So glad that you're here with us today. And I'd just love if you could expand a little bit on what I told everyone so they can know a bit about your life today. Okay. Um, I guess the intro tagline, it, it, it sort of sounds like a bit of a sales pitch of sorts, <laughs> which I suppose is intentional. Most of the things on that list, I think, are fairly self-explanatory. When we get into the the, the uh, philosopher and romantic items, I think that's where most people have the most questions. Um, I'm not a classically trained philosopher, though I do spend a lot of time musing over the ins and outs of my experiences. And I do tend to put a bit of a romantic spin on everything I approach. Um I'm not really um, usually like the silver lining type of person, though I do find that there's usually like a romantic element to most things, and I try to seize on that. It helps me look at things in a more positive way. Mm. Um. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be the most curious about that, too. That's an interesting conversation. I hope we touch on that more. Sure. But yeah, as far as... um, what I'm all about in the day today. Uh, by day, I am a painter in an elderly a person's facility. But by night, my superhero persona is being a podcaster. Um, most of that has to do with, I, I, I've just got a lot of thoughts in my head that I hope are relatable to the people who listen to my shows. I think that no matter what the issues are on the table, the more any of us talk about them, the more all of these seemingly odd things become normal and um, the stigmas that are attached to certain things just sort of disappear. We should all be talking because we've all got more in common than anything else. We need to expose that every opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We always start with the worst so that we can end with the best. And I'm going to start just by asking you to take us back in time to that moment that perhaps you consider to be the worst of your story and share with us the story we will walk along with you on your journey okay um i'll have to offer just the smallest bit of context for my lowest moment the worst part of my story um i I had grown up in an extremely religious household my my family were fundamentalist christians of the pentecostal variety um, the, the environment in which I, I grew up was very much one where certain things shouldn't be questioned. Mm. Um, certain thoughts weren't even really allowed. And um, the, the center of our entire family life really was very much um, the, the church and faith-based things. But these things had never really um, appealed to me in, in the same ways as they were supposed to. 
it's not like I didn't believe it's not like I didn't value these things, but I'd always had more questions than answers. And, um, at a certain point about, I'd say six or seven years ago, I started to really just explore my questions because I, I had been dealing with an estrangement from my immediate family. So there was nobody really sort of policing my actions or my thought patterns or anything like that. And I started researching and reading and looking at things that challenged the, the worldview that I was brought up with. And I realized more and more that Christianity and I were not a good fit for each other anymore. And, um, for the, for the longest time, it was really, really difficult even to say out loud the word atheist. It just seemed like a, a dirty word to me, and it was one that I was afraid of because there was a lot riding on that. We weren't just talking about a personal philosophy. Um, as I saw, we were very much looking at you know the destination for my eternal soul. There was a lot riding on that label. And mm -hmm. the day when I finally came to terms with the fact that, you know what, I, I, I think that while I'm not ready to say the word atheist, I am comfortable enough saying that I don't believe in this stuff anymore. I suddenly felt very, very um, alone and overwhelmed because I wasn't just dealing with a loss of faith. I was dealing with a loss of community friends, support system, um, coping mechanisms, all these things, everything that I had ever held to be true suddenly wasn't there anymore. And it was probably the most overwhelming and terrifying moment of my life. And I, I wasn't really sure, like, who do I reach out to? Because all of my friends, they were church people. Um, the family members that I still had contact with, these were people that would have really, I think, harshly judged me for even having questions, let alone coming to the conclusion that, hey, this stuff doesn't work for me anymore. I just, I didn't know where to go or what to do. Once you started to wander away from the quote unquote Christian mm -hmm. religion, the people closest to you weren't willing to let you have that open mind and explore but still be in a relationship with them. Is that Yeah, that's right? absolutely right. Like, um, I tried having a couple of conversations with people who I thought would be receptive. And I was shocked to actually experience their reactions. I mean, everything seemed so harsh and judgmental. And I'd never seen this side of these people before. They'd always been loving and supportive. And these are the people where it's like, hey, if something's going on, we'll sit down, we'll pray with you. If um, mm -hmm. you're not feeling well, we'll show up with a casserole. You know, if you need help with your kids, we'll babysit. It was like, you know, these were in every imaginable sense, like just good friends that I had and, and seemingly good people. But it seemed like in my darkest moment, all of that good support that I had come to count on just ceased to exist. That is such a shame. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing when you you drop your friends just because you don't understand what they're going through. But I mean, mm -hmm. I I'd realized like through the midst of this, as much as it really sucked for me to be on the receiving end of that sort of attitude, 
when I started taking personal inventory, I realized that I was very much guilty of the same thing on a number of occasions with, with, with different people, too. It's like, I don't understand you, so I can't support you, you know, and it was sort of one of those um, things where you know, I realized that I was in the habit of being like passively judgmental. You know, it's like that whole um, cliche catchphrase, you know, like love the sin or hate the sin. And um, mm -hmm. it was a case of look like I care about you as a person, but I don't approve of your actions. So I can't be involved with you anymore, which really it, it just it, it comes off when you're on the receiving end of it as like these people making excuses to not be there for you. And I think if I'm going to be honest about myself and my own history in that position, I think that's really what it was, is that I was just looking for excuses not to be there for the people that I should have been there for, which was really not fair. But we, we don't always see the injustice in a situation until we're sort of on the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know all too well what you mean, but... It's great that you can actually see it from both perspectives because not everybody is able to. Well, it, it, it's a hard thing when you start turning that critical eye on yourself. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> surprisingly, I mean, I, I, I turned out to be not perfect. I turned out to even uh, not even be a very nice person. So. I wasn't really sure where to go from here. So, I mean, like, I, I wasn't content to sort of just sit here in this dark hole of despair, feeling unsupported and sad and unloved and all this other stuff. And I started, like, reaching out into areas where, like, I normally wouldn't have reached out. Because, I mean, like, I'm a very in-person kind of guy. Like, if I want to talk to somebody, I'd rather pick up the phone or go meet for coffee. I'm not one to go into, like, online mm -hmm. support groups or things like that. So um, I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll talk to a therapist. That'll help. So mm -hmm. I, I started with therapy to talk about my emotional stuff surrounding the departure from religion. But, I mean, I, I wanted to focus more on the emotions than the catalysts for the emotions. So I guess I didn't give my therapist enough detail as far as what my state of mind was actually being motivated by. I was just talking about the feelings of being alone and overwhelmed and all this other stuff. And it was really, really hard for me the one day because the, the therapist said, look, like, I don't want to tell you what to do specifically. She says, I'd, I'd rather just speak in terms of like what I've seen to be effective for other of my clients. And <laughs> what she came up with was, you know, typically when people are in your situation, they find a lot of meaning and support through a faith-based exercise or some sort of religious experience. <laughs> so I'm thinking, oh okay, like here, I'm like, my whole world is in shambles because of a departure from religion. And my, even my therapist to say, look, what you need to do is go find yourself some religion. So um, she said, okay, like, there's two things typically that, that work for people in, in your shoes is like find religion. And when she saw my, my reaction to that, I guess she realized that that wasn't going to be a good option for me. She said, the other thing is <laughs> maybe consider getting a dog, which for me was equally unappealing because yeah. at this time I really, really hated animals. Um, oh, but it's okay. like, you know what? I can't feel like this anymore. So 
um, my, my first departure from character, I guess it was, was to get on Craigslist trying to find somebody who was like giving up a dog. And I just on a whim decided, hey, I'm going to go get myself a dog today, which I did. And um, wow, <laughs> it, it was a really big turning point for me. It, it, it sounds sort of silly, like something as simple as going and getting a pet. But, you know, that really was the, the first big turning point for me was was getting my dog who was awesome. Um, it, it sort of gave me an experience with unconditional love also for the first time in my life, which was like a very, very much needed component because when I was growing up, it was sort of like a, a physically and emotionally abusive environment a lot of the time. So I, I really grew up with the idea that, Hey, you got to behave a certain way. If you want to be deserving of a certain type of love, everything has strings attached uh. Um, my most recent experience at the time had been that, hey, like, if you don't believe like we believe, then we can't love you. Again, there was just strings. Every step of the way, there were strings attached. But that dog, it didn't matter what kind of day I had, I'd come home and she was happy to see me. You know, if I was feeling down, mm-hmm. then she'd put her head in my lap. There was just always somebody there who cared about me with no strings attached. And it sort of made me hungry for more. So... I started to reach out to other places too. It's like, you know, while therapy wasn't exactly what I was looking for, it did offer a stepping stone towards like getting the dog. The dog taught me that, Hey, I'm worthy of love and that not all love has strings attached. And I started reaching out to the online community thinking, well, Hey, I can't be the only person who's gone through this departure from faith thing. Other people certainly Mm -hmm. have gone through it. And I ended up getting plugged into like this really vast community of people that all had similar stories to mine. And even though like none of us knew each other in person, it was all like through the anonymity of the Internet. We all cared for each other because Mm -hmm. of a shared experience. And I realized that, you know what, like there are a lot of good people out there that don't really care what team you play for. Because Mm -hmm. there was like people that had struggled with issues of faith either coming into the faith in like a non-religious family or coming out of the faith in a religious family but the transaction was the same going in either direction which i found fascinating in itself and i realized that hey this isn't about like god versus no god this is about acceptance from family and community versus not acceptance from those places and it, it, it really started to like brighten up my skies in a lot of ways because hey support is there no matter what you believe inside your head that's a great thing and it also woke me up to the fact that you know what like it's not enough for me to sit here wishing that there were people like this around to to make the world a better place like to a certain degree i had to be the, the the change that i craved as well and um it really got me to start just talking openly and being honest about my past and, Hey, yeah, I, I used to be a real garbage person. I used to exist just to tear people down. Now I see the value in building people up instead. Like, why can't we all just, you know, group together? Let's just do whatever we can to make a wonderful world to live in. And, you know, like I'm not trying to talk myself up, like I'm an authority on this or like I'm a super good person, but I'm a person who sees the value in the effort, if nothing else. Maybe I don't succeed at every turn, but I'm always going to try, you know, and I think it's it's easy for us. Like 
all of us can do it. All we have to do is see the value in it and go for it. Is it all right if I share something I'm going through with, with you and everybody Absolutely. listening? I find this so fascinating because my story is the opposite of yours. I came from an atheist family into Christianity a few years mm-hmm. ago, but my experience was literally the same as yours, that a lot of my family quit speaking to me and a lot of my friends quit speaking to me. And I found myself feeling a lot like you explained and looking for that support. Yeah. And I just think it's so incredible that two opposite experiences end up so similar. And just the other day, I was on a podcast and I was delivering an apology. And I said those same words that you just said is that I used to tear people down and now I build people up. Isn't that just fascinating? No, I, I, I love conversations like this because we all have so much in common, don't we? You know, and, and this is like the, the part like for, for me growing up inside of the church, it was very much like an us versus them kind of attitude. And I realized that this whole idea of us versus them is ridiculous mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or an atheist or a Muslim or a Jew or any other number of things. I mean, we all have one thing in common, which is that we're all just trying to get along in life. We're all just trying to be happy and healthy and well adjusted. Mm hmm. And if we start realizing the similarities, like, hey, like I was, I was talking to my mom the other day. She's saying, you know, I made friends with a woman who reads tarot cards, which for my mom is a big deal because she's a very, very like old timey, like crazy religious Christian lady. And like the idea of somebody reading cards is all like witchcraft and whatever. But um, she said, I don't understand how we get along, but we do. And I said, Mom, I think what you're overlooking is the fact that both of you have um, a, a shared belief in something beyond this world. Both of you have a shared faith in the supernatural. Now, where you take different approaches to satisfy whatever need it is to get closer with this supernatural element, you, you both share the, the, the desire. You share, you, you share the the value in something bigger. And this is why you're close. And, you know, like even with, with you and I right now, it's like we were both obviously looking for something. We both obviously found it. We both found the community. We both had the journey. Like what a cool thing. Like I don't, I don't think any less of you or any more of you because you have found religion. Hopefully you don't think any less or more of me because I've lost it. You know, we're all just searching, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's wonderful. You know, when I when I first came out of religion, I was very very hostile towards people who were still in it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, the, the silly thing is, like, the farther I get from it, the more I realize that you know what, like, I think I'm actually, in a lot of ways, a better Christian now, as an atheist, than I was when I was a Christian, because I do love other people, I do care about them, I want to see them do well. You know, I'm more honest, I'm more ethical, I'm more loving, outgoing, all these other things. Um, mm-hmm. so, so really, at the end of the day, it's like, why don't we all just try to be better people? Because it's all, I think, ultimately, we, we all want to be surrounded by good people. We just don't always want to be the good people. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't Gandhi say, be the change you want to see? I don't believe Gandhi was Christian. No, and that's the thing. It, it just goes to show that, like... You know, especially when you start getting into like contrasting various religions, the the core philosophies tend to be more similar than not. 
-hmm. you know, it's all about, you know, loving your neighbor and, um, you know, taking care of the, the needy and being honest and ethical and all these things. It's like, these aren't bad concepts. Mm -hmm. Like who cares if somebody's wearing like the other team's Jersey? I mean, we're all trying to like (laughs) accomplish the same thing. So why don't we pull together a little bit more, you know? And, um, yeah. So it, that's really, I, I think, like what's pulled me into the high point that I'm I'm in now is like just looking at like what the shared experience is all about. It, it's made me feel more plugged in. It's made me feel more valuable, more powerful, just generally good. Like there's being a nice person used to be for me a vehicle towards hopefully getting to heaven one day or pleasing god or jesus or whoever now i realize that like Mm -hmm. just trying to be decent even it 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 is in most ways its own reward it feels good to be good you know yeah absolutely so let's take a closer look now what about you changed the most after you went through this experience the biggest thing was i i found my voice I was always afraid to speak my mind. I was always afraid to ask questions. I was always afraid to make observations, at, at least out loud. Um, so the, the first big step in exercising my newfound voice was uh, my brother Jason and I started the Missionary Position podcast, which initially had started off just you know two guys trying to be funny, trying to be shocking, trying to be a lot of different things. Um, this might be wandering slightly off topic for the the purposes of the interview, but, um, what we had found was through doing this show, um, we, we found personal validation, first of all, because we had total strangers wanting to hear what we had to say. And that's a big thing for somebody who's always felt like they had no voice. The other thing was that Mm -hmm. we were recording every conversation we were having and sometimes not going back to edit these conversations until months after the fact. (laughs) And when you listen to a conversation that's been recorded, um, what you realize is that sometimes you sound like a bit of a jerk. Where in the moment, you don't you don't hear yourself. When you listen to a recording of yourself months after the fact, you start hearing yourself from the other person's perspective. Yeah. So it gives you an opportunity to say, oh, okay, like, this sheds light on so many other experiences in life. And I think I've got some major adjustments to make. And we started adjusting. And every time we like achieved another level of improvement, it would be like, okay, we're going to go back and listen to some old conversations again. And it's like just more and more light was shed onto the way that we approach the world, the way we communicate. So it wasn't just a case of like finding this voice. It was a case of making the voice as good as it possibly can be at any given point in time. And we started getting feedback from people saying, hey, you know, y'all said some things and it helped me through a rough time. We started getting almost high on the fact that, you know, people are listening and we're making every effort to say the best things possible to them. Um, I ended up uh, being interviewed for another show because of finding my voice, because of putting myself out there and... I ended up falling in love with the host. We were, she was living, you know, 
over 700 miles away from me. We were both, you know, not sure how that was ever going to come together. But I mean, we're together right now, very, very much in love. Life has become absolutely wonderful. You know, if I hadn't put myself out there, if I hadn't found my voice, if I hadn't gone through all these little steps, I would never have found this amazing person who, you know, fills in all of my gaps. And hopefully I do the same for her. And now together we sort of, we, we work to build each other up and also to build up the, the, the people around us. Um, you know, whereas I used to suffer with like suicidal depression, I'm actually a very happy person now. That puts me in a better position to just keep on building on, you know, what started when I initially had left the faith. Um, Sorry, I get a little emotional sometimes, and I, when that happens, I, I, I can lose my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay, because I just think you almost, like, slipped in very quickly a whole story. We could do a whole interview on this. Did you just say that you found the person you love the most through a podcast? I sure did, yeah. That is the best podcast. Oops, the best podcast story I've ever heard. No, it was just she. She does a show on family estrangement, and at the time, I hadn't spoken with my num- my mother for a few years, and this was all like coming out of the departure from religion. I, I wasn't. I lost my relationship wow. with my mom, and when I I called in to be interviewed for this show, the the host and I had literally everything in common. <laughs> yeah. And so one thing sort of led to another there, and yeah, we're very very much in love now. Oh, that's that's an incredible story. I love that. <laughs> and what's her viewpoints like? Is she like set in one belief or is she like you and very open minded and like accepting of different perspectives? Um, she is very, very much like me. I mean, she's got her own twist on things. I think she's more receptive to the idea of something supernatural than I am. But both of us are just mm-hmm. open and honest about the fact that, like, there's some things that we can't know. And there are a lot of things that we would like to believe. But at the end of the day, we, we mm-hmm. just sort of focus on the on personal journey and exploring questions and realizing that, hey, like, as long as you're finding meaning in whatever it is you're pursuing, it, it doesn't really matter what you can prove and what you can't prove. All that matters is that you're being honest with yourself and the people around you. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. All right. Can you share with us one of your personal habits that contributed to your overcoming or shall we say getting through this experience? It's a personal habit that was carefully cultivated, actually. Um, I read several years ago, a quote that really changed my approach to life in general. And that quote was, I think, from Christopher Hitchens, one of my favorite authors. He had said, read something with which you disagree each and every day. And that's the habit I got into is just, you know, I'll go to like Fox News or I'll read something from a Christian Facebook page, just something that really challenges whatever the status quo is inside of my own head, something that rubs me the wrong way, makes no sense, but I'll try to read it with an open mind and explore, okay, why is it that somebody else might hold this viewpoint? And I found that that's been like just huge in helping me to grow and also in learning to accept the viewpoints of others, 
just looking at things that I don't agree with. Mm, that's a good one. And actually, no one's ever said that one on the show before. Yeah, I, I'd recommend it to literally everybody. Excellent. Can you share with us a resource like a podcast or a book that helped you along the way? Well, there were a couple of books that really helped me. One was The Blind Watchmaker by Richard Dawkins. And the other was God is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything by Christopher Hitchens. Um, All right, I will. Sorry, I was going to say I'll make sure that's linked into the show notes. If anyone's <laughs> driving right now or jogging, they'll be able to come back and just search your name right at the top and it will be right there. But please continue. And and yeah, like this is going to be like a bit of a shameless plug, but anybody who wants to sort of get a, a glimpse inside of like the way my head works. I mean, if you listen to turn up the AC, it's a very personal thing. Um, I, I try to share, you know, my, my, my personal experiences and the most, intimate details of my thought process surrounding these things for me even listening to my own words sometimes can be a, a helpful resource as weird as that might sound um I, I think all of us has a responsibility to sort of explore the workings of our own minds sometimes the the greatest teacher mm -hmm. we can have really is ourself and our own experiences and taking an honest look at how we've navigated certain places in our past Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great resource. I'll make sure that that is linked there as well. And wow, we are almost out of time. We're just coming near the end. And I want to thank you so much for being so open and so transparent and sharing a piece of your journey with us today. Oh, anytime. You know, we all go through these really difficult times, whether you want to call them climbing a mountain or a dark valley, taking everything that you've learned from what you've gone through in your life so far what do you think would serve you the best or what would be the tools or the things that you might use to help you get through it the next time? Well, it, it, it's a two-part approach that I take to everything big and small. The first thing is get over yourself. You know, there's no room for, for, for ego in anything. You're not that important. You're not mm -hmm. that special. You're not that unique. You're a person like everybody else. Not to say you're not valuable, but you're not like, so different that like the rules don't apply to you like get over yourself always step number one step number two always consider what's right not who's right and i don't know if that's super super simple but that's literally all i do in every situation yeah it's super simple unless you're in the middle of it and then it's not really super <laughs> simple right it can be hard when emotions are in the way but it, it does get easier with practice <laughs> trust me and now's your chance to tell everybody what is good now. Is there something you're working on, your podcast you want to share? Tell us about it and let people know where is the best place to connect with you. Well, right now, my, my, my most recent passion project is the Turn Up the AC podcast. And I think I already described a little bit about what that's all about. Episodes are short. They're between two and six minutes. I share my emotional takeaway from just memories I've had from childhood usually. Um, there's a couple of philosophical musing episodes in there as well. Um, moving forward, my girlfriend and I are are working on a project which is still in development called 751 Miles, which is a podcast 
um, documenting the steps along the journey of our love story. So you can expect to see that coming out um, sometime in the next few months. Um, we've mentioned the Missionary Position podcast. That has now reached its conclusion, but anybody who's interested in checking out the Missionary Position can do so at missionarypod.com. Um, Turn Up the AC is available at acfisherpod.com. And uh, when 751 Miles is live and released, that will be the, the number 751miles.com. <laughs>